week, our guest is Stephanie Johnson, a second year PhD student in the Counselor Education and Supervision Program at Lindsay Wilson College. She considers herself to be an incomplete project because she hopes to always be a work in progress. Her greatest passions and love in this world are her two boys. Her purpose in life is to keep them feeling safe, loved, knowing they have a voice in this world, and most importantly, knowing it is okay to express their feelings. She's a mother, an advocate, a counselor, a future counselor educator, and a learner. She is Stephanie Johnson. Welcome, Stephanie. Hi, thanks for tuning into another episode of Moms in Academia. I'm Nancy Rodriguez, and unfortunately, Sarah Frost is not here today. But with here with us today is Stephanie Johnson, and in today's episode, we'll be discussing romantic relationships in the doctoral program. So, welcome, Stephanie. Oh, thank you so much. I am so happy to be here. Of course. So Stephanie, usually we start our podcast with just like letting us know who you are. So if you want to just kind of tell us about your academic journey and what your motherhood journey has been like as well. Sure. I will make this really brief because it's a very long journey. Um, I did not get my associate's degree until I um, was pregnant with my son. And it was one of those like, okay, if you at least have an associate's degree, hopefully that baby inside of you is like, well, mom had an associate's degree. So I have to at least get that. So we graduated with my oldest in my belly with an associate's degree. And he was, I'm going to say about five or six months old. And I'm like, nope. Let's continue because I did. I love uh-huh. academia. And I was like, let's go ahead for my bachelor's. And um, long story short, we got our bachelor's degree in social work. And um, he was there to see me cross the stage and all of that. Mm. And um, it, yeah, amazing. So again, in my mom's head, I was like, okay, we at least have to get a bachelor's degree, hopefully. And then um, I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, and I love it. I'm a city girl, and long story short, um, a lot of things just kind of happened, and I was like, I want to take a breath, and I want to go slower, and let's just like put that resume out there, and I only currently had a bachelor's degree, but um, I found a job in Paducah. And um, of another very long story short, um, I had another son. And I was like, yep, let's go get that master's. Now, just to tell all of you guys, I am the first one to ever even attempt college in my family. Like, I'm the first generation. Um, I'll see you. Prophecy to to making this big, huge academic and career jumps on your own, especially being a first gen, because I'm also I also identify as a first gen. Ah, that's amazing because statistically speaking, it we're supposed to tap out like, oh, well, mm-hmm. this is all, you know, and we didn't. We pushed that bar. Um, so I got my master's in counseling and supervision. And I was content and I was mental health and community mental health and doing my thing. And then I was like, let's just see. So I did my application and I did the interview for the the doc program. And I was like, there's no way. Like I personally will always tell everybody like I'm, I'm a walking hot mess. Like if I can get my boys off to school and daycare and get to that first client and finish homework on time, that was a great day for me. That day, <laughs> those days don't happen often. Um, but here I am, and I am two years in to my doc program. Um, if anyone wants to help me with comps in my third year, and then it's dissertation. But um, it is all because of my boys. Now, my oldest is 11. And honestly, at this moment, he knows that he's going to get gen eds out of the way. But that's about it. He's not for sure. And I support all of that. Because 
who am I to say, hey, you know, you have to go to college because mom, dad, mom did. But I wanted to push the bar on both my boys. And again, they're only 11 and five. But hey, mom got this degree. You can't get really bigger than the PhD degree. Mm. So let's let's just see. Um, and here I am. I'm in my second year um, at a privately owned um, institution in Kentucky. And my boys know, like just right now, you can't bug mom for about 30 to 45 minutes. Um, please try and not fight. Please don't ask me if you're hungry. All of those things like is a, a definitely routine conversation that we have when mommy is in class or doing research or anything like that. Um, so that's me in a nutshell, but to sum it all up, every day you will probably see me in yoga pants and a hoodie and thinking I have my life together and we are just trying to get through the day. I think that's part of momhood, right? That we're navigating so many different spaces and not only just our spaces, but nav- helping our little ones navigate their spaces. And also like being the, the, the butler, the listening board to them and making sure that they're, that they're just, their needs are being met and also being a, a compassionate ear. I love Stephanie that you are also like have had some experience with the counseling world. Cause I come from a counseling background. I'm currently getting my PhD also in counseling psychology. So I'm like, so even b- before our, our conversation, just hearing like the whole mental health and like how, you know, boys need to also have access to that and be able to, to have that discussion. Like that always sparks my, my heart because I'm glad that there's more of us. Sometimes I feel like like it's just my school just doing this and the people that I know. So uh, it's, it's so, it's so nice that we were able to, to connect um, through this. I love that. Yeah. Um, so tell me how, like, how has it been? It seems like it's been uh, navigating motherhood with, with your two boys, right? This is our first time we have a, a, one of our guests that has two, two, um, two children. And it seems like it's also like, and their, their ages are also quite, different how does how does that impact your academics in my cohorts everyone either has a one kid or they're married with one kid like that's that's kind of about it and here I am like a single mama with two and I'm like okay I understand what you're saying but I don't understand what you're saying when it comes to my 11 year old Um, it is, uh, it is a juggle. That's all I can say. It's a juggle of mom has online class and someone has basketball practice and, oh my goodness, is someone going to be able to be content with crayons and like videos and the puppies for an hour and 20 minutes while I'm in online class? Like it is all of my biscuits are always just tossed every day even when like I don't have classes it's still like hey how can I get through a through f for the day um and my biggest thing with my oldest is um we are starting to go through pre-puberty um and then I have a five-year-old that just loves his mom and always wants to be with mom So it's very ironic when like I have an 11 year old right now that's like, sure, cool, mom, I love you. And then my five year old is attached to my hip, even in like conferences and in school sessions, because it's like, hey, this is mom. It's 730 at night. Like I need to hang out with my mom right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So it all I can say for that one is that it's 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 a juggling process. And everyone is very hip and cool with like the Google calendars. Um, I have the old school big like calendar that I put uh-huh. in to say about doctors and dentists and school and extracurriculum. Like if I didn't have that book, I, 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 I would not be talking to you right now. You no, know, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure as 
some of our other episodes, we talked about time and organization is like a top key of being a mom in academia. Like those two things, like if not, it's just so hard to like really have anyone in, in a specific location where they need to be or our assignment or just I think that just gives us a little bit more sanity as to like where we have to be. What are we doing that day? Where are the kids going to be that day? What are they doing? So, no, I could I can understand like having the, the complexities of having to juggle your your education plus two kids, especially having an ad, like a pre-adolescent, right? It's like having to be very creative of like, what are you going to do? Sometimes I can't even do it with my um, with my one-year-old. I'm like, I don't even know how to keep you occupied at this point. <laughs> like I'm running out of ideas. Like I need to find more TikTok videos because this is, <laughs> I'm running out of ideas. Um, so tell me a little bit more about like, what are you doing in your research, um, Stephanie? What does that look like for you at this point? If it's okay, I would like to stop because you uh-huh. said you have a one-year-old. Uh-huh. Are you sleeping it out at all, mom? <laughs> like, is there? Oh, any- no, no, I don't even think. I think the other day I wanted to cry because I was like, once I haven't had sleep in two years, <laughs> I just, I miss sleep. And then, like, when he, he just got sick. So it's just been two days of like no sleep. And I'm like, it, it's hard. And those, those days are just so hard. So. I feel like one day I'll see the sunshine, but not right now. I'm not seeing it. It's it's hard, but yeah. Because well, you're awake and you're talking to me and you're doing the things. So good job, Bob. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, back to research, you said, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whew. Another long story short, I have two boys and differences in ages, but my oldest started middle school and I pick, I drop him off. I pick him up every day. Sorry. And, um, we, I noticed some differences. Like we weren't talking when we got picked up and we were being more distant and things like that. So as a mental health professional, I just kind of parked the car and sat with him at like a McDonald's. And I was like, Hey, what's going on because mom sees something going on with our interaction so you need to tell me bud so I can maybe help and long story short um, my oldest is not the most sports kind of guy and um, he's very into computers and like robotics and all of those things and he was being bullied and I had no idea about this for like weeks. It was just one of those like, and moms give excuses like, oh, we're tired. We have too much homework today, you know, whatever it is. And I paused out of my day and asked him and it was, it was because he's not a typical sport guy. It was, you know, oh, you carry your book bag and you have pencils and just ridiculous things that back in my day, I'm like, cool, you're smart. Like, I need to hang out with you because you're going to help me pass this next test. And um, it was all due just to sports. And um, so we sat and we we talked and we ended up getting like chocolate milkshakes. And it was one of those, like, I saw the red flags And I kept letting it go for a little bit until it was like, nope, this isn't, this isn't the kid that I've been raising for 11 years. And it just kind of was able to blend into anyone as a doc student knows you have to do research. Even if you don't like the research, you have to do research. And I was like, I'm going to start digging deep into men's mental health and simply because I'm a single mom of two boys. Like I know changes and hormones and womanhood and all of that. I don't know that much about men Mm. and you know, any of that. So I did. And I went through so many rabbit holes and so many, you know, the toughen up and the suck it up and you're a man and you need to provide. And I'm like, 
my kid's a sixth grader right now. He doesn't need to do anything besides pass his classes. Like that's his task in life and to be happy. And for men, it was different. So I, again, dug deeper and I'm an old woman who loves to be in bed by like 8.30 at the latest. And I was up to like one and two in the morning. Don't ask me how it felt waking up at 4.30. But um, there was so much, there were so many articles, but no research on why men are the way they are. And when you look at the like when you look at counseling for couples and marriage counseling, it's all like, well, he can't talk to me or he just shuts down. And well, heck, that's kind of what we've been programming boys since a young age. Yeah. So I'm a redhead and I'm kind of stubborn and I want to kind of change or advocate more for it of just that safe place for young boys and you know I had a crap day but I don't know how to use these words so I want to you know just again off the record like just it's one of those like what do men do oh well they show aggression they shut down they don't you okay so let's put them in a place where they feel comfortable And let them get it out because we need that other person. If we're on that, you know, that team, I need, when I meet with male clients, I need to know like, Hey, when I ask about your childhood and things like that, it's one of those like, well, dad just worked and you know, all of this extra trauma. And I was like, Oh, but if dad could have talked it would have been a game changer for you growing up. So my big research right now is just kind of trying to end the silent epidemic of men's mental health. I love that. I love that so much because I have a, 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 a boy child and I think it's so important now as like I'm raising my, my baby boy like making sure that in the future he does have those safe places and like be able to emotionally express like himself. I think, I think now I think with like, what is it? Gen Z? I don't even know what, what generations we're at, but um, before, before, after, after the millennials, they are just being more radical with like their speech and how they kind of express themselves. And I think that's just, I think we're kind of like um, going into an era where I think where men are just, displaying more of their emotions and being more communicative, more communicative. So that's, I feel like there's light for you. There's definitely light for in your research. I think that's such an important topic and such an, like, hopefully more researchers like also continue to do that important work because it's much needed. We, we know the repercussions of like the negative impacts of people not like not um, talking about their, their mental health issues and how that really, not just impacts them, but just their, their people around them. So it's awesome work. You too. High five. (laughs) Um, so kind of going into our topic tonight, um, kind of like the romance, uh, what do you think are some pressures that probably underline relationships, right? Um, as, a doctoral student is pursuing their journey. Um, I think this will be a very interesting conversation because like, I think we're both in a very different relationships. I'm like currently married with my, with my child's father. And I know you're coming from like uh, raising two boys as a single mother. So I'm very interested in hearing your um, point of view tonight. The only word I have is cancellation. Yeah. And that's horrible to say. Um, I can sit here. I'm sit here. I'm sitting here right now talking to you, and I'm like, "How many dates have you canceled on due to like one of your boys getting sick, or I have online class in the evening, or just about everything that could happen has happened to me while." starting in the dating world again Mm -hmm. and 
the biggest word for me is like cancellations and I have goods and bads and this could probably this talk could probably go on for hours and we're not there but um for the record <laughs> for anyone who is single in a doc program with kids that is dating I am very very blunt in the beginning mm-hmm. I let you know that I am in my second year and I have two children and I have two doggies and I work and I have homework and research and conferences and everything else that we all have. And you are more than likely probably not going to be first on my list. Mm-hmm. And if that's not okay, then we're going to finish this amazing, you know, out to date, like, I shaved my legs and I'm having a steak for the first time. And I found a babysitter for three hours. And, but if this is not okay with you, then this is about as far as it goes. And that works sometimes. And I've had a few that was like, I can completely handle this. And in the long run, they couldn't because we are juggling. I can't say because I feel like we're all like Wonder Women, but we're not juggling everything, but holy heck, are we juggling so much? Mm-hmm. Even on just a given day, like even if it's just like laundry, grocery shopping, uh, paper, and making sure our kids are at school or fed and happy and everyone's asleep at night, like that's a lot of tasks. And when it came to this topic, I, I don't know how many you had that jumped aboard for this, but I'm like, oh my goodness, we could do like probably like a three-step podcast on this because I've had like, I support you and everything you do. And then by that fifth date of like, hey, I can't do it. My research isn't done. My paper's due tomorrow. I have two pages. I need 15. My little one has a runny nose. It's one of those, well, you did tell me this, these things, but I'm like, no, there was no buts. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not ready for everything that I have to bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's just so much. And I think that, I, I think it's just not even in just dating, but also in marriages, like how the the stress of like having a doctoral program and navigating motherhood, like how much how heavy that is just holding those responsibilities. I feel like mothers are giving usually that more of the heavier load of like making sure like, did everyone do their homework? Did everyone eat? Is the house semi-functional, just organizational (laughs) rise, right? And so just adding like just your your program academics, the demands and like the hour it takes, I think it's so much time commitment that is needed in our programs that it leaves very little room. Um, I know like in in my marriage, I think I remember telling Ruben like, hey, like we need to put a priority of like just even setting two days where we're just like, we're going to go on a date and just reconnect because I think there's just so much going on that I just need to remember like why we're in this marriage. Just remember to like, like how we fell in love and just things like that because I think there's just so much energy or we're just being pulled in so many different directions that trying to like, at least focus again into one other individual, it takes energy and time for sure. And, and planning. <laughs> yeah. um, and just to, I, I know we have more questions. Um, I've kissed a lot of frogs. Um, and even as a single mom and continuing the, I'm going to try a date. I am, again, I am the queen of first dates. So if we ever need, if you guys ever need a podcast of first dates, I'm your woman. But then happily ever after, like I did, I met this guy who was Mm a midget older and had older kids and was content in his ways. And then here I came and I was like, hey, I'm doing conferences and I'm the president of like counselors for social justice and I'm doing boy scouts and basketball and I play roller derby. And Hey, if you want to come along for this ride and like 
he has been there every step of the way. Like even once a month, I have to go away for in-person classes for my doc program. And he was there at my oldest son's basketball game. And I was Aww. like, yes, sweet, right? Well, I got mad at him, of course, because we're women and we get mad over <laughs> sometimes the dumbest things. And I'm like, you knew I wasn't home. And he was like, I didn't know if he needed extra people to cheer him on. And I was like, okay, I can't be mad at you anymore. And you're cute. And I'm going to give you a hug and a kiss when I get home. But it's very different. And I, I think this is like a key point too of like what I'm trying to say, like there's many frogs and many mm -hmm. guys that are like, I'm going to support you and you're amazing and you're going to be Wonder Woman and you're doing all these things. But in the long run, when you come home from that long day of motherhood and academia and work, they're not. And it's one of those like, hey, you signed up for this, but now you're showing that you're not. And I told you from like the get go, like this is this is my routine. Like I will print you out on Google Docs like my whole month and everything, even if you needed a potty break, like I'm telling you what's going on and they support it. And then when they don't, you're like, nope. And I'm hoping the women that are hopefully going to listen to this realize, okay, if he doesn't, there's that guy that's listening and was like, I got this. Like I have your your Epsom salts and your bath ready. And, you know, you just, you do the things that hopefully are going to change and impact this world because I support you through all this. And I can't say till recently that I've ever had that support and that pat on the back besides being super mom and doing it all on your, your own. Yeah, I, I think having someone, right, um, it just helps kind of lighten the load a bit and also reminds us that I think we are women and we are human and we deserve love and affection that that our sons can't give that to us. Right. I think it's a different type of love. And I think uh, we give so much to other people. It's just nice to be like to, to get that back. Um, so that, I'm glad that you have that in your life um, and kind of in that line of of thinking, you kind of started to make me think of like, what advice do you have for significant others who are supporting like mothers um, or parents that are in the PhD program? Because I think that's so vital. Um, and knowing, right, I think part of it is like knowing the, the expectations of our work, right, that we can't always drop everything for them, which is a, one of the re realistic um, things that I've, I have seen for sure. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with that communication and honesty, mm -hmm. even if you are just starting to date or you're seriously dating or engaged, like all of this, like if you can't tell your partner, like, Hey, two hours on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I need to be hidden or away and you have to take care of the kids or like if there's no communication, that other person doesn't know, like, what the heck's kind of going on, but you have to be strong, and I'm very stubborn. I am one of those, God, I think all women are one of those, I can do it on my own. I'll do it, fine, it's cool, I'll do it on my own, and in our heads, we're like, sure, you can do it on your own, you're going to be up until 4.30 in the morning and you're getting older and you got to wake up at 6.30 to get him on the bus. Like it's, so again, it's that whole opening up and being a little vulnerable because this program, our doc programs, it's, look at the percentages there. It's like 1% that have a PhD an ed dot d um that's it for us like mm -hmm. there's not a bigger degree that we're all trying to do whatever year that we're in right now on top of motherhood extracurriculum dates like shaving the legs sorry i don't kind of confirm shaving the legs until i know that the date is official 
the babysitter is confirmed and I know that I am leaving my house for at least 2.5 to 4 hours at a time. Uh-huh. Um, Cuz changing the legs it takes a minute. It takes like a minute. minute. That that's an extra that's an extra 10 minute shower right there. <laughs> People like I think now since mother I take quick showers like 5 minutes like in and out. <laughs> and hopefully like we did like the extra soap and yeah, it's it's rough being yeah. a woman. Like that's like that's my biggest thing. Like it's already hard enough being a woman, and then now we're adding everything on top of with all the assignments we're doing. So to me, and even being stubborn, like for anyone that I can reach out there right now, it is just communicating. Like, hey, I've had a horrible day at work, and meeting with clients and all we've talked about is trauma and my oldest, you know, like we're not really talking and only thing for dinner right now that I know of is fast food and I'm exhausted and I have a headache and I still have to read 400 pages of this book. But like, it's that, Hey, I need you right now. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. I think just even, I think when I think about our line of work and even just like, like, um, marriage counseling, it's always, it always tends to be the the communication and the listening part. And so I think a lot of like miscommunication can just be avoided if like you communicate clearly, if you guys are like, and also being receptive of like what's being communicated. So I, I love your advice. Love, love your advice. Um, what would you suggest or advise, um, of like how to rekindle like relationships or maybe like engaging into a new relationship and rekindling maybe even with your own self. Like, what does that look like for you? Okay. So I, as a mental health counselor and a student and a mom that's dating in a relationship. So I, I don't know what the title is for that anymore because I'm a little too old. Um, for ourselves, and you can probably edit this part, but it is possibly that self-care or self-love. If we have purchased something via Amazon or, you know, it's just been a really rough week, like for us to kind of sometimes at the moment feel like a woman, it is that that big O and for women and man, this is another big research topic I want, but um, it's one of those, well, if my partner can't satisfy me, then that's just where I leave it. And I'm like, you need 25 minutes by yourself and that special toy that you bought from Amazon and you just need to do it because holy heck, is that going to release some just those endorphins that you need to kind of continue on. Um, I have a rule in my relationship, um, even with kids. So even if it is finding that babysitter for a couple hours or grandma or grandpa or what have you, that there is like a one date a week rule. And that is just you and your significant other and the kids are safe. And we don't need to talk about the kids and we don't really need to talk about anything that's impacting the world, but we are able to word vomit everything that's been going on. So any stress, any work, you know, stressors, any, anything, you can just get it out and then, hey, I feel better. Let's go and shoot some pool. Let's go for a drive. Like, It is literally only about you and your significant other. You talk a really good point of making sure to find that time, even if it's like one time a week, two times a month. I think it's being able to reconnect with with your partner, right? And being able to uh, go back and say like, hey, these are all the things and and being listened to. I think there's the difference between having a conversation with your partner and then having a conversation with children. It's like two different conversations and like your language I think like I always find it so fascinating because my brain gets very stimulated when I'm talking to like an older human being than my child 
then I, then I, there's definitely my brain just sometimes doesn't know how, how to, how to do that, that transition. Like there's, there's moments in my brain now I can feel like I'm like, okay, I've been watching simple songs all day long, or we've been singing all McDonald or whatever, not whatever, not. And trying to go back to having a conversation with an adult with who has a vocabulary. And I'm like, wait, I don't know where I'm at. My vocabulary has been <laughs> distinguished. I've been watching simple songs for the last two hours. So give me a sec yep. as I get my, my vocabulary up to date. Yep. Oh, completely agree with you. Completely. And I'm going to tell every mom out there that is dating or going on a date with a significant other or husband, whatever, wear that dang dress because every woman has that dress that they bought and they were like, nope, yep, it looks good on her. It's not going to look good on me. Wear it because we're still women. And as much as we're like, no, we got all this, like we'll carry 18 grocery bags on one hand and have no circulation. Like we still crave those. You're beautiful and you're sexy and I'm so happy you're my woman. And but us in our kind of, I'm putting in quotation marks, special <laughs> brains, we're like, no, we got all this. We can do it all. Don't, don't tell me nothing. But wear the dress, take those 10 extra minutes in the bathtub. Um, and when I do go on dates and it's not one of those, like every couple kind of has that routine, like, hey, how's work? It's fine. Cool. How's the kids? we're okay. We're getting ready for bed. Like it's very kind of normalized the, the daily messages we share. But when we do go on the date and it, it's just us, I've realized too, that I'm like, well, you didn't tell me about that at work. And you were, and he's like, well, I knew you kind of had like a rough morning and this and that. And, but that's like that, that time for just you and that person to be like, yep. I understand and I respect you and holy heck Wednesday gosh I don't even know how like I kept you know the house standing but it's one of those like you didn't tell me this to protect me because I was already having that kind of day and here we are now like just talking like okay and then you're like oh yep so it, it, it's one of those, and I have clients and even couple counseling when it's just like, you are going to make me do this. And I'm like, yep, because I promise you when you come next, you come back next week and you, you did the homework assignment I assigned you of just you two talking, even if it was like behind a closed door and you guys couldn't see body language or it was just you laying in a bed, but you couldn't talk about kids and all the, you're going to connect in a way. And it's one of those, there's some people that are going to be supportive throughout the whole way. And some people along the way are going to, crap, I know you told me all of this was going to happen, but I'm not prepared for it. So you let them go and you know, you continue on your kick butt journey. Yeah. Oh, well, those are some great words of wisdom that hopefully our listeners can integrate and like, you know, spice up or shake up their relationships just a tad bit, just to kind of rekindle that fire that is so important. Cause I think whenever we have, you know, our support systems and they're functioning at full capacity, then you're able to like fully give yourself to like your academics or fully give yourself to your children's or fully. Like, I think um, when things start to get, like you're feeling to get strained in, in a relationship or a part of your life, then you're starting to kind of not want to engage or you can't fully engage um, in the different roles that we have. So I really appreciated that. Um, I know you could, we kind of talked a little bit about a, a tool that you might, uh, that our listeners can probably listen to on YouTube. Do you want to kind of talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, it was, oh, okay. There are so many, even just on YouTube, if you type in like mental health and like funny 
some so don't 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 put all of this in um some are good and some are just like what are you thinking like you need a diagnosis all on themselves but um i actually had a client that shared with me it is called um look at you and it's a netflix stand-up and it's by taylor hamlinson and it is literally just a woman talking about her life and it gets spinned in with her own mental health diagnosis. And then there's always that comic relief. Um, so I definitely suggest um, like just checking it out as a woman because it kind of like it's a typical story like a long story again my goodness this is probably like the fifth time a long story short for stephanie johnson um i was like that typical woman who had one kid and i had my bachelor's degree and everything was great and i was engaged and guess what like within two weeks i was calling 911 because i thought i was having a heart attack and I was only having panic attacks and it took a minute and it took me kind of going back home to kind of figure out stuff and do the testing and blood work and all of these things to be like, Hey, you've had some severe anxiety and depression for like probably a decade of your life. And I'm like, what? because <laughs> just here I am doing what we do but mm -hmm. I had that kind of breaking point that all of us kind of do have at some point even if it is just like I can't pay my rents and I don't have enough for groceries and you know it's just that breaking point and I decided um right then to like okay whatever I need to do like mentally because nothing physically is wrong with me I'm gonna do and again, a very long story short, um, I saw many counselors and therapists and I didn't click. And for some of them, it was just like, a, oh my gosh, Stephanie, what happened this week? Like, and I'm like, no, <laughs> like that's not how it works. And um, lots of cope, thousands of coping skills. And, and then I figured out one morning when I was waking up, and I was taking my anxiety med and eating my banana and grapefruit. I was like, you have to do something because you have a three-year-old son and he doesn't know why mommy is just stuck on the couch and scared and we can't go nowhere. Like you have to start figuring something out, even with the coping skills I had. And I did. I found a counselor that I could relate to and she was able to diagnose me and I learned some yoga and I am a not thin woman. So yoga was awkward, but I took that yoga and I got certified as oh, a wow. yoga teacher. And so cool. I, yeah. And I do it with men and women and teenagers and kiddos and because it's one of those, oh, yoga is only for that stereotypical type. Nope, I'm, I am I broke that stigma because if I can do it, trust me, anyone can do it. And I love painting by numbers and I like going for walks. And these were all things that just helped my mental health. Mm -hmm. But everyone's like, oh, you know, you don't know what it's like. And I'm like, oh, but I do like I am that woman at the moment that has a mental health diagnosis too, actually. And I beat all of the, you won't finish high school because your parents mm -hmm. didn't and you're a single mom and all of that. And I'm trying to raise the bar <laughs> and I'm trying to change how everyone kind of judges us for mental health. Yeah, no, I think you're you're doing such a great job. I think you've also used different outlets that I think professionally you're using to to help 
others, which I think is very admirable. Um, so kind of going on and thank you so much for sharing. I think that's so brave of you to, to be able to like, you know, be so vulnerable and, and share your story, which I think a lot of our listeners can, can also relate to. Cause I think uh, mental health is just not just a one individual thing. A lot of us, um, you know, are dealing with something like that or are kind of nervous of like, Oh, what does that look like? Cause they're still right. There's still that stigma in regards to mental health. Um, but I think right now are, I think there's a lot of more, we're, we're discussing it more as a culture. Um, and so that, that really allows people to get the help that they need. So thank you so much, um, Stephanie, for sharing. Um, we're getting towards the end of our segment. Uh, we like to do these two things, right? Our first one is our hoorays and hoorays are really just uh, um, sharing with us any like academic um, accomplishment that you have done that you feel really excited about. Um, so what would that be for you, Stephanie? Okay, fingers crossed because it hasn't happened, but I just got accepted for our college's mental health symposium. Ooh. And as excited as I am, uh-huh. literally from 9.30 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon, all I am doing is inviting anyone because it's different conferences and you can go and there's discussions about just about everything at our school. But I am literally opening up like our chapel to, hey, come here for a safe place uh-huh. and there's yoga mats and there's going to be incense and water and snacks and pamphlets. And if you want to talk to someone about just what you've been experiencing, you can. If you want to yell in a pillow, you can. If you want to just sit there and do yoga, like. It's just this little safe world that I oh, wow. like. I have made, um, and it's coming up in June at um, my college. And it's just one of those like, even if you just had a bad morning and you need a hug or a fist bump, like you can just come here. And that's all I'm doing for like almost eight hours is just telling people like, "Hey, you're amazing," and. Here's a pillow if you need to yell in it, or here's some breathing exercises. Because again, as people, we always tell clients, kids, significant others, like, hey, do this for you, like take care of you. We don't do that often. So for about those seven and a half hours, I get to just have people coming in to a place and being like, hey, what do you need? And we're going to try and get you content with the day, happy, just a hug, like whatever. So I get to do that for the first time in like two years as a doc student, because everything else has been about research. So this time I get to like do that whole holistic approach, which I'm excited about. Oh, that sounds really beautiful that you're able to really lead that and really create that environment that, you know, we kind of talked about earlier. So it really comes full circle here tonight. Um, This week, I've actually started looking more into my dissertation and thinking about like what framework I want to use. So that has just been one I've been because I have not been touching my dissertation at all this semester so really being able to (laughs) just even start doing a little bit like I think I've been able to put five hours worth of work this week so I just feel so just yeah like that just feels really really good I'm like I'm finally finally doing what I'm supposed to be doing this whole semester so (laughs) um so that feels really good and so uh, because we're just not us, right? We have to add our little ones to the podcast. What are your two babies, or they're not babies? Your your two children. What are they up to? What are something that you're like really proud about them that they're doing right now, or something you want to like use this time to like recognize them? Oh, this is amazing. No joke. Like I don't know throughout two years that any professor, anyone has ever asked about my kiddos. Um, Noah. He's 11 and in sixth grade in middle school, he just started taking Spanish. Like this was his first day of the last nine weeks. And I picked him up from school and he had this cheesy smile on his face. And right from school on Mondays, I take him to a friend's house for Boy Scouts. And I was like, what's going on? Like what? You're, you're in a great mood. And it's a Monday and daylight savings time. And he's like, 
mom, my Spanish teacher, she's amazing. And I learned pantalones and I learned papas fritas for french fries. And that made my day. And I'm like, awesome. And yeah. it was that little excitement of learning three simple words in a different language and having a very supportive teacher, like it, it made his day. For my little guy, he's five. He'll be six in September. So he was, he wasn't able to attend kindergarten just yet because we met the, we missed the birth date, but um, we had kindergarten registration and he was the proudest five-year-old. He stood up and he had his papers and he was able to show them how to write his name. And he was five going on like 30 through kindergarten <laughs> registration and was just so like, mom didn't even need to be there. Like I kind of stood back and he was like, here you go. Oh, here's these forms. Like, where's the cafeteria? And I'm like, who are you? <laughs> like, he was ready. He was just like, yeah. I'm already a pro. <laughs> <laughs> he was done. I was like, all right. But those, those are my highlights of my boys. Oh, that, that's adorable. That's really cute. Um, my, my baby boy, Ruben, unfortunately he has been sick. So we just haven't, for me, anytime he's sick, it just like crushes my heart because he gets a fever and then there's just nothing. I mean, besides giving him Tylenol once it gets too high, but there's just nothing I can do. So um, we're just kind of just sitting with his his cold right now and just letting that kind of virus run it run its course. So these 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 days tend to be just really hard on me just because the lack of sleep. That's why when you ask me, like, how's my sleep going? Nope. It ain't going. <laughs> it's not going. So, um, but yeah, but he'll be better. He's it's nothing too horrible, but um, but yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being so vulnerable and just like, you know, laying it out there for us and for our listeners. I hope that they really were able to learn something from your words of wisdom today. Um, is there anything lastly that you want to say before we wrap up tonight? No, accept that you're amazing and keep doing all the amazing things. And for everyone out there too, because we don't, we don't give ourselves enough credit, but um, you, especially with a sick little guy or, you know, just you're amazing. Well, thank you, Stephanie. I really appreciate th those words. And likewise, you are a wonder woman who's doing doing a lot like I like I commend your your great work and just your attitude like like it takes like such a great person to have this type of attitude and like especially having two young boys so thank you for so much for sharing your story tonight with us and well that'll be it for today's for moms in academia mm -hmm.